Do you ever listen to Drake? Um, do I listen to Drake? No. Yeah. Ever? Um, n- not regularly. Like, I couldn't give you any good Drake facts. Okay. So, he was like a guest on somebody else's song, and he has this line that I love. He says, and I'm going to say it as a, just a proper sentence instead of as a rap lyric. Thank you so much. Nike doesn't pay me to say just do it. They pay me to show you I'll do it again. Oh. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I see the appeal. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. But you can see that like with other Nike athletes. Like mm-hmm. they're not just spokespeople. They're, they're, they're models of the action. Yeah. And yeah. on today's episode of Unemployable, we're going to talk a lot about action. So I want to share some of my story of how I got into real estate, kind of why I've built my business the way I have, and just kind of decisions I've made along the way. And as per usual, when I don't have an interviewee, Patrick is here to help me co-host, to help me uh, make sure I stay on track and Mm -hmm. to get all the information out of me. Thank you, Patrick. You got it. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, Fridays are pretty busy for me in general, just trying to like wrap everything up Mm -hmm. because I I try to not really work on the weekends. And this weekend is also Greek Easter. My in-laws are Greek, so we have kind of a big thing for that. Yeah. So Fridays are usually pretty wild. I connect with my editor in the morning in India most Fridays. And today she was just like fangirling about how Taylor Swift is performing in Tampa this weekend. Wow. Uh, It's pretty fun. Yeah. And... um. We just kind of see if we need to talk. We don't always need to talk, but then I've got a, a colleague here in town from the, the east coast of Florida. I'm helping him build a YouTube channel. It's kind of getting him started with content creation, getting him started with like video planning and some of the methodology behind all that. Yeah. And then this afternoon, I have a bunch of Zoom calls with new clients. That's awesome. Yeah. Can I ask you a quick question about your editor? Yeah. How did you find your editor? Um, and what's that like yeah. contractually, what's that relationship like? Sure. She sent me a cold email and I get these all the time just because I have a YouTube channel. People will just sit be like, Hey, let me help you blow your YouTube channel up. Sure. Her email was a little more thoughtful where it was like, Hey, this is what I've done. This is kind of what I do for other people. And then, and then at the bottom, there was like a paragraph of like, these are some of the creative things I also like to do in my free time. Okay. And I was like, Oh, this feels like a real person. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like English is their real their first language, mm-hmm. or if not first, then a really strong second. Hmm. And so I had just let go of my local editor because he wanted way more money. Mm-hmm. And I had this email, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to send her my calendar link, say, hey, yeah, we could connect sometime. Here's my calendar link. So we, once we eventually connected, I it was just easy to talk to her. She's super creative younger she's 24 just finished college and just trying to like get going with a video career and we started working together and it didn't work out she was like dropping the ball and stuff and i was like Uh this i don't think this is gonna work and i was was just honest with her like hey this just isn't turning around as fast as i need it to i'm gonna have to do it myself yeah she was super apologetic and asked for another chance and so i kind of gave her one because right now I'm managing two YouTube channels, so that's 16 videos a month. Wow. 
that I'm like writing content for and producing, I don't want to be editing those. Yeah. So she edits all those now for a hundred dollars a video. Okay. Now, if there's ever one that's like a 20 minute video instead of a 10 minute video, I usually pay her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. She's, and she's good to ask for that. I usually negotiate a little bit back and forth every time. Uh, but we, everything's on Dropbox. We use Dropbox Replay, which is like Frame.io, kind of a review system. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I wasn't usually aware th- that they had created a similar tool. Yeah. It's just in beta right now, but it's available for every, every user to use. Okay. And I'll even tell her like specific clips to use because we have a huge like B-roll catalog that's like yeah. over a terabyte. Wow. And all that is accessible on Dropbox, but it's hard for her to like flip through it. Yep. And like really know. So I'll just call out specific clips. And it's still so much faster for me to just run through and like make make those notes in 10 minutes mm-hmm. than it is for me to do any of that myself. Yeah. That's great. That's Yeah. Yeah, thanks for answering that. And then I'm in the process of hiring another one to edit this podcast. The long yep. version, a shorter version, and then like a couple of clips from it as well. Okay. Yeah. For shorts and social, is that sort of the size? Yeah, kind of. Some of it to like promote this on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like when I have an episode coming out, I want to be able to like throw out some clips from that upcoming episode. Yeah. And then like put those in as reels and then share my stories, kind of some of my takeaways or memories of like that conversation. Yeah. That's great. So yeah, that like kind of vertical promotion through my own platforms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But having an editor changes everything. It's so, it's like, it's been a crutch for me because I can edit. Yeah. And so whenever I don't want to like work on growing things to have that like safe thing, oh, I just, yeah, I'll just edit today. What's the barrier of entry like for somebody that wants to create content like you're doing that yeah. doesn't have a film background, doesn't have editorial language, but they need to hire an editor just for the um, the time and the skill. How yeah. how would you recommend they engage or talk with an editor or is there, do you need to have that language? I don't think you do. I think you just need to find somebody that's doing something similar. And then mm-hmm. as you're talking to an editor, even if it's just on Fiverr, like say, hey, can you make my videos like this? Sure. I think it's pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, and like the guy who's here with me that I'm, I'm kind of coaching today to build his YouTube channel, like he's going to use my editor at first. Yeah. Maybe he'll need his own eventually. Sure. But at first, if he can just use mine and, and, and pay her a hundred a video, like that, that's going to work for a while. Mm-hmm. And she's good to like help him to kind of develop his own style a little bit. Like maybe his will use a little bit more like stock footage or things like that. Mm-hmm. And even to like, do little pushes that incorporate personality and things like that. And so, yeah, finding some, someone that's like willing to help you like build your style and then be consistent about it is the most important part. But if you don't even know what you're talking about, you just got to trust the editor at first. Yeah. And have some references that you're yeah, trusting, references. you're trusting your own taste that you, you like those references and you want to build in that direction and then let the yeah. editor uh, decipher the film language of it. For most people, though, like all the tech barriers are the biggest barriers, like mm-hmm. running the camera. Uh, where do you upload this stuff? Do you keep all this stuff? Like all those kind of things totally. like, are big barriers. And I've been thankful that that's just not an issue for me. Yeah. I but that's th- something that I can help others make small, 
issue, I can make those issues into really small things. Totally. Just by like some basic instruction. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think in my film career, an application of technology and skill, yeah. like I'm moving in reverse. Like I'm filming this on an iPhone, which probably two years ago yeah. would feel like. Deep. Oh, you'd you'd feel like embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I'd be really embarrassed. Like I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any lights. Like my per, this is the lowest production value thing that I think I created in a long time. But that's great though. But it's great. It's like it's simple and it's enough for what yeah. we're doing for now. That's great. Yeah, very freeing. It's probably um, always enough. Yeah, yeah. I just like the toys. I do too. Let's jump into your real estate story. Why? Yeah. Why real estate? Why did you pivot to this from what you were doing before? Yeah, that's great to start with. I think I always, for quite a while, I knew real estate was kind of next for me. I had been at this big organization for like 10 years. And while I was there, they paid for me to finish school. I had like seven different jobs while I was there. Hmm. And I just kept asking for opportunities. I kept asking for more money. I kept asking for all these things. I remember early in my time there just asking if I could be in a board meeting. And the CFO at the time just thinking like, no, of course not. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm in business school and I just kind of want to hear the conversations and I want to be exposed to this stuff. And, yeah. Um, but he remembered that and just saw saw something deeper in me because I asked for the opportunity. He didn't, he wasn't like offended. He was more like, oh, like Sam's really curious and mm. he wants to like be involved in these things and see, see where he can add value. But in the midst of all that, Real estate was next for me for a few different reasons. Interests, like I think it's an interesting industry in terms of, you know, representing others, but more in terms of investing. Sure. And the the barrier to entry is so low, especially in Florida. It's like 63-hour course. Like there's more realtors in Florida than any state. Yeah. Like everybody, like every like soccer mom gets their real estate license because they need to sell their own house once and then – their friend heard they got it and then they get another deal and then they like don't ever do another deal in their life. Sure. So the barrier to entry is really low. And in general, like people haven't like ad like adopted technology or haven't adopted like marketing in the way that I, I've found. Yeah. And the, there's some, you know, investors that talk about like find a business that has a lot of revenue and still uses a fax machine and buy it. Like, because th just the simple things you can do to make that business more efficient and, and integrate some kind of technology will just make it print money. Totally. Totally. Laundromats, storage units, like yeah. low-hanging fruit for upgrading simple technologies that make the customer experience so much smoother and you can just bump up your profit margins and walk away yeah. after those up, but in upgrades. the beginning, I like didn't know even how to start. So thankfully, like we we made a lot of money on a house that we did like kind of like a live-in flip in Colorado before we moved. Yeah, we had a lot of cash when we moved and had a place to stay for like really cheap, fa a family house. And it was not a comfortable place to be, but it was fine. Yeah, and we were there for a few months while we were kind of getting started. And I was just like trying to find leads in all kinds of ways. I was running Facebook ads. I was buying leads on Zillow. I was, and then with the brokerage, you're like kind of assigned a mentor to get started. And I just didn't feel like this mentor, like 
knew even what to do. It's like, yeah, just go do the normal stuff. Go host open houses, send out letters, like whatever it is. And, and I, I just felt like I'm willing to do all those things. I'm willing to like make the cold calls, whatever it is. Sure. And I think they'll work if I do them over and over again, but it still just feels like so disingenuous. Hmm. And so in the midst of this process, I kind of, I came across YouTube as an idea and I first heard some guys in Denver talk about it on a podcast. I immediately just like found them on Instagram because they like mentioned their Instagrams and just said, hey, can I like take your idea and do it here? I I felt like I needed to ask that. Like, is it okay if I do this too? And they're like, yeah, go for it. Like, that's (laughs) awesome. Like, let us know if you have any questions. Wow. And they like engaged like right away. And that was, that was September of 2020. So I got my license in June. Then I was trying all these cold call things and buying leads and I hadn't closed a deal. And I wasn't really in a hurry to close a deal. I was more in a hurry to find like a lead source that like felt like it was going to work. Yeah. And came across this YouTube idea. I started talking to a lot of people about it and realized like it's going to be challenging because I'm not comfortable on camera yet, but I think it will work. And I think, I think eventually I'll be really comfortable with it and, and even proud of it, right? Yeah. So I started working on that idea. September, that was early September. My channel didn't start till January. In that meantime, I was like getting a little bit low on money, always kind of looking for jobs mm-hmm. casually. And... I don't something in the back of my mind was like, oh, something might come up that a job that's good enough to just like pay the bills and then I can build this on the side. Sure. And that felt like a good idea at the time. Now looking back, I'm like, why, why was I even thinking about that? But, um, so I found this sales job and in Florida, like, um, insurance companies, they pay for windshields, new windshields, even if they're just cracked. Okay. If you have comprehensive coverage on your policy, you can get a windshield for free. And this company just like goes door to door selling windshields. Essentially, it's just a referral program. Like they have an installer that comes and you get paid, you know, $300 for each windshield or something. And I remember I, they, I like went in for an interview and then they're like, okay, you can come back. You can have the job. It's like too easy. Yeah. But I remember in the parking lot as as I was leaving the interview, talking to a guy and I was just telling him like, I have my real estate license. I've been trying to get that going. And. He was like, I have mine too. He's like, I've been a realtor for a long time. He's like, I don't know. It's just, it seems impossible to get it going. Oh. And I remember as I was driving away from that, thinking like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's impossible. So I'm going to find a way. <laughs> and and I knew YouTube was the thing. And I was talking to you about it. I was talking to all kinds of people about it. And, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, yeah, do it, do it, do it. So I... January started doing it and yeah, it's it's just kind of hardly looked back since then. When you started, you set some goals and some rules for yourself because you weren't seeing views, you know, the views that you're seeing now, you weren't seeing those right away. What was Mm -hmm. the, what were those goals that you set for yourself so that you consistently were putting out material regardless of how well it was doing or how hopeful you felt about your plan. Yeah. Yeah. So as of now, we're two years and a few months in, we have 800,000 views or something. Mm -hmm. And 
it feels, I mean, almost 10,000 subscribers. It's like a, a, a quality asset now. Yeah. But in the beginning, it was like, I'm just going to publish two videos a week. So I built up kind of this backlog of videos. Mm-hmm. So I knew that they could go out. And I was just like, I didn't have any business. So I was just making videos every day. Yeah. And just like so nervous about it still, just like trying hard to like, and then sending them to you. Like, I want to know, like, how am I coming across on camera? You like have an acting background. So you, you were able to give me a lot of like great pointers with stuff like that. You know, leaning on people like that, that are actually want to see you succeed in it. Yeah. And don't just want to like criticize is, is really important in that process. So it feels so vulnerable being on camera. Yeah. Oh and just like putting it out there for strangers. Yeah, but totally. then this thing happened when it's like, wow, strangers are watching this. Mm-hmm. And these were very like researched titles and topics and stuff. And yep. it's like, and I felt like my ideas were like simple, boring, but I'm like, wow, strangers are watching this. Strangers are subscribing to this. Strangers mm. are commenting, saying yeah. thank you. And it just like lit something. Oh yeah. A bunch of dopamine, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah. That was all the dopamine. And it was like, okay, if, the, if they're watching and then eventually liking, then eventually commenting, then they're eventually going to reach out and they're mm-hmm. eventually going to buy. So I just, I just have to keep them watching. So that's yeah. why you just, you just keep making the videos. Hmm. How, what was going on? Like, how are you, hmm, how do I ask this? This is a simple question. I'm imagining this as a single person with all the time that I have on my hands. And it's yeah. still a lot of work. That's a full-time kind of creative gig. How are you managing family in the midst of all of that? Yeah. So we still just had one kid at the time. And it was just like I was doing it from 9 to 5. Yeah. And I was thinking about it every other single hour of the day too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, managing family in the midst of it just felt like we were in it together. Like Christina was understanding like, hey, we're going to try to build this thing and it's going to be a lot of work on the forefront for the first year or two. Yeah. And then maybe we'll get to slow it down a little bit. Hmm. But it'll be ours and it'll be exciting and it'll be fun. And like she was she was in with that. Yeah. That's great. Has that how's that relationship changed? Has she become more or less involved in what you're doing? Has that um yeah, has that dynamic grown in the business space? What's changed since the beginning? Yeah, so I've, pr- I've published over 200 videos at this point, and she's never watched one all the way through. <laughs> and especially, she's never watched any on her own volition. It's always like me saying, hey, watch this. I, I really like this intro. Can you watch it? Do you like yeah. it too? It's, that's, it's usually that context. Sure. Um, that's so So funny. She, she doesn't know it. She doesn't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And but she still like engages in it. She wants to know like more how I'm dealing with all everything. Yeah. And yeah, there's been seasons that first year. You know, I was working sixty hours a week pretty easily. And then after that first year, everything kind of changed. So our second child was born, mm. and I just decided I'm gonna be home. Like I'll make less money, that's fine, but I want to be home a lot because. Mm. Your kid's only zero to one once. Yeah. And like, that's just a unique family time. We're in a really unique season as a family. I want to just stop, like literally stop working at three every day and like not feel the pressure to think about work. And that was a hard transition for me. 
But just like putting that pressure there, you figure it out. Like it's not, it's not that challenging. Yeah. And with the acceptance of like, oh, we can get by with X amount of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, knowing, yeah, kind of putting a dollar value on that time seems really yeah. important. And and then, and then having an honest conversation with yourself and with your spouse about what that what that buys you versus what you're sacrificing in opportunity with kids or with other family or with each other. That's right. Yeah. And you're always sacrificing opportunity by working less. Yeah. I mean, I was hearing somebody talk the other day about like working a six hour work week compared to somebody that works a four hour work week Mm -hmm. after like 10 years, like the other person has worked like an additional year. It's like six hours. Work day? Six-day work week. Six-day work week versus... Compared to a four-day work week. Got it. Like, after not that long, the person that works six days a week has worked a year more than the person that has worked a four-day work week. Oh, my gosh. So it's like, of course they're going to be ahead, the Mm -hmm. person that works more, but, like, it might be worth it. The person that works less... Exactly. Yeah. And that's something I want to get into... Um. Later, just kind of talking about that kind of freedom versus income equation. Yeah. yeah. But I want to touch on like my my first deal I did from my YouTube channel. So I started in January. The first closing was in May. Okay. And that was the third deal I had ever done in real estate. So people didn't care that I didn't have any experience. They didn't care if I was young. They didn't care if I was new to the area. Yeah. All they cared about was, hey, Sam's making videos that like we're looking for. He's adding value. Mm-hmm. He answers the phone. He's respectful. And he's like has our best interest in mind. He's helping us. Like he's helping us from the beginning to the end. Like that's all that people cared about. Yeah. 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 I think the fact that you're answering specific questions, you're answering questions that are informed by search um, is yeah. is big. And that you're answering them in a aware and human way with your own story of like just moving to the area. It's so relatable. Um, that builds a lot of trust right away. Nothing yeah. about what you're putting out there is sales pitchy or broad, which is both of those things I think are really helpful. If it's too broad, yeah. you're not offering a lot of value. If it's too salesy, you're driving people away, you know? Yeah. You know, I thought a lot in the beginning about like unfair advantages. Yeah. Like what is an actual advantage I have? You know, time is one. I've got time to figure this out. I've got time to shoot these videos. Yeah. But the biggest one was my story of like, I can connect with people that are moving here because I just moved here. Yeah. And so that was a hard pitch in those first, you know, hundred videos probably. Like, I know what it's like to move because I just moved totally. and that's why I'm your guy. Like that was the pitch. Mm-hmm. And not always that direct, but like telling that story, giving people a chance to connect with that story, yeah. they did. Yeah. And they would, when they call, they were like, you know what it's like, so I wanted to talk to you. Yeah. It is an advantage. It's not an unfair advantage. I guess if you wanted to put yourself through that experience, you could move to a different location and yeah. <laughs> set up a channel in that spot. But Yeah. If anybody wants to take that methodology, they just move somewhere. Yeah. Just move anywhere. And then start telling the story of you just moved. Yeah. But... For people that look at you and they're like, I'm not that way. I don't have this drive or X number of things that Sam has. Like, can you break down some of those actual traits that might not be specific mm. to you or, or 
superhuman or unachievable, like break down some of those things that, that people can, can achieve or acquire or learn for themselves. Yeah. You know, I think so much of it is just like being willing to learn something, being willing to like try something that's hard. Yeah. And we've all tried something that's hard. I heard someone tell a story the other day of like, we often start hard things. And then once they're hard, we're like, wait, where did this come from? Mm. But in the beginning, like we knew like, oh, this is going to be hard. So you're a runner. Like imagine you're running a trail race. Yeah. That one, that 32 miler that you've bailed sure. out of a few times, right? <laughs> just just once. I finished it twice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I finished it twice. Um, but that one, it's like you're 10 miles in. Yeah. And you, maybe you start to feel good. Like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. You hit. 16 miles and you're like this feels hard but mm-hmm. you're not like what the hell i didn't think this was going to be hard right you're like no no this is the hard part this yeah. is the part where i have to keep pushing and i'm not surprised that it feels hard so yeah. often i think we're just so surprised when something gets hard we need to remind ourselves like i signed up for this mm-hmm. yeah that's- what like what's happening right now is what i expected to happen yeah yeah so much of that is just re-narration and like tricking ourselves to like think like, no, this is normal. This is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Expectation is huge. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm kind of asking this for myself because I'm <laughs> at the beginning but, of your, if, if we're mapping processes, like yeah. I'm at the beginning of this process Sure. again in like my creative life. And so I'm, personally curious but also asking for the audience but then i think like you have to realize what what you're good at like yeah. something that i'm like i have some skills built up from other jobs of tech stuff i'm also young and interested in that kind of stuff so i pick up that stuff really easily but mm-hmm. in general i'm a really fast learner hmm. where i can, i'm i can gain you know 80 percent competency in something pretty quickly yeah I, and I don't typically care about going beyond that. Like once I've sure. got, got about 80% of it, I'm like, ah, I'm good. It's like mm-hmm. why I struggle to finish most books. Like, I think I get it. Like I just move on. Yeah. And so I think like me leaning into that skill, like you know, I, I can really push myself to like learn this new thing and, and get pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big part of it. But I think everybody has something. Everybody has like, if mine is like learning things quickly, like, Yours might be going really deep on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, I just have to be self-aware enough to know if I'm going really deep because the act of educating myself is satisfying yeah. like my anxiety or the initial, sure. you know, I got to learn this. And then it's just like I get lost in the busy work of it rather yeah. than going and being analytical and saying, okay, these are the four things I actually need to know to move forward with this and out of this yeah. new comfort zone I've built for myself in this pocket of education. So there's for some people, and I'm not saying everybody is, is this way temperamentally, you kind of have to be a little more, um, I don't know, Spartan or specific with what you actually need to learn mm. and then, and keep moving so that you don't get stuck in yeah. I think mentality. a big part of that is like having deliverables. 
Like with yeah. this kind of work, it's like I'm publishing two videos every single week. Totally. Goals and timelines. I mean, goals, yeah. goals and deadlines are a huge asset to most creatives. Yeah. I think assets to creative too is like the, the public nature of it. Like the hmm. more public you can be about it. Sure. If you're having to publish everything in public, yep. I think it's actually really valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what makes what, what we're building together in public terrifying, but also, um, exciting and compelling to, to me yeah. as a participant in, in ideating in public. It's, it's great. And it also keeps me thinking about it when we're not building. Yeah. And I, I think a, a big part of that, like when you have to like talk about it, it's just like iterative improvement, mm-hmm. you know, and Honda is kind of famous for like doing that kind of thing. It's like they could, they could always like when they release a new Honda Accord, they have the self-driving capabilities that Tesla has. Like yeah. that's very well known. Honda has that same tech. They just don't put it out there yet because they're like, it's not perfect yet. Hmm. So here's, we're just going to make that, that adaptive cru- cruise control this much better. Cause that's all we feel like we've mastered so far. Yeah. yeah. And if it's just, you're just like getting a little bit better every time, like you build a reputation and a brand and everything in the midst of that. Yeah. Hmm. That's great. I have a Honda lawnmower, push mower, and it's like the most popular lawnmower in the world. Hmm. And it's been that way for like 20 years. This is generation three. So they've only ever improved it two times. Wild. Most companies just release a new model every year, but they're like, no, like it's good. And it's going to be good until we figure out a way to make it better. Yeah, we haven't figured out how to make it better yet. Hmm. So we're just going to keep doing it like this. I love that. Until we find a way to actually make it better. Yeah. I love that. To summarize maybe the last two points we've talked about, we're talking willingness to be uncomfortable and learning new skills quickly. Like not getting stuck. Yeah, but then like building systems that create accountability. Yes. Okay. Like the account and the account, the accountability isn't just the system. It's actually like following the system, right? Yeah. We think it's kind of like the same idea of like showing up as half of the journey or whatever. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it, it's just like the the entry. Like that everybody has to show up to even do the thing. Right. This the accountability system is just the system. It's just the notebook, whatever it is. It's just the friend you've told, "Hey, I'm doing this thing." Mm-hmm. But then actually like holding yourself accountable is a whole nother level of discipline yeah Yeah. so and then like setting expectations like what if i say this if i say i'm going to publish two videos a a week am i going to be more likely to do it and then just finding those things that like help you follow through you know maybe it's somebody doing it with you maybe it's i mean in the beginning it's like i'm just trying to make enough money to feed my family yeah and that's an easy easy purpose to get behind it's like getting food on the table yeah and everybody relates with that too. So it's like, that's where you start. Yeah. Now, once you've got food on the table, you're digging deeper. You're digging like more philosophical for that next level purpose. Is that the stage that you feel like you're at right now? Like you've gotten to that safety ideal and maybe say a little bit about that. Like what was, yeah. if you can sum up that goal, whether it's sure. practical or emotional, what was that? Have you met it? And what happens to purpose? 
Yeah, one thing I did that really helped me in the beginning of all this is really work to def- define success. Yeah. So that like, yeah, I want to be successful, but is that just most realtors take that and they just say, okay, I'm going to, I want to make this much in commissions. So that would take this many closings. That many closings means this many leads. This many leads means this many phone calls or door knocks or those yeah. kind of things. And they just kind of reverse engineer the whole thing. That mm-hmm. works if success is a number and if the number is the only goal. So, but what I did was to really like define success more emotionally. Mm. And th- I would love to like, say this to my grandpa and see like if you would think it's just stupid yeah um, if you would if you would think of it as soft or if he would resonate i with think it. he would look back and think i wish i would have done that because hmm. that's even how my dad reacts to it yeah so I, for me it was just defining success as like these feelings i want to feel i want to feel calm i want to feel safe yeah and i want to not worry about money and then i want to control what i think about i want to like work on projects that I'm interested in and think about things that I'm interested in. Hmm. Yeah. So I feel that most of the time. Yeah. You're, yeah, you've engineered that very intentionally and you're experiencing the fruit of that. Yeah. Because of it. Um, what about purpose though? So the purpose was achieving those things. You've achieved those things. You're living yeah. those things and you have security for your family. Like w- has purpose faded? Have you had to redirect it or redefine what that might be for you? Yeah. And even, even back then, like purpose wasn't really the thing, but now it's something I think about quite a bit more. Purpose for me has evolved to, to just be impact. And I even see like, like releasing this first episode of this podcast, like yeah. somebody I didn't expect reaching out and saying like, hey, that some of those things you said in the very beginning, like I really connect with those. Like mm. my husband and I are in this like phase where, you know, she's a nurse and he's a firefighter and they're like, we want to go do our own thing. And, and but like even that. So it's like that, yeah. that connection of like somebody wants to like go do their own thing, bet on themselves. And I've like been a spark in that mm-hmm. at all. Like that's what I want to be at this point. Yeah. That's huge. That's also, in, in my mind at least, that seems infinitely scalable. Like that could be right. infinitely scalable purpose for the rest of your life or until you decide there's a better way to, to clarify or define purpose for yourself. Yeah. And, and um, it's exciting too because it, it doesn't have to make money. Yeah. Like that impact doesn't need to make money. There will be ways that it can make money. Sure. I have this this guy, he'll be on the podcast in a few weeks. His name's Rich. And he he has a big podcast. And I was tell, talking to him about mine that I was developing. And I was like, I'm excited to have a project that doesn't have to make money. And he immediately was like, projects are way more fun when they make money. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but I feel this kind of push and pull between like entrepreneurship. And I feel yeah. like I'm kind of a natural born entrepreneur. Sure. But I also have this like creative thing where it's like this creative output. Like there's something in me that mm-hmm. I want to get out. And whether that's – that might just be my interpretation of everything that comes in that I'm wanting to put out. Yeah. But it might be something else. I don't know. Yeah. My mom's an artist, so I always just kind of naturally think that way too. Yeah. You're also – you've – you're also a, a gifted kind of like counselor in a lot of ways for people that 
like when you say you're trying to help people bet on themselves, like that's a role that you've taken for a long time. However you think about yourself in that space, that is an effect that you have on people. And so there's, I, I mean, like Rich said, I'm sure there's a way within a structure where that still feels like the same kind of generous offering of advice and guidance that you've yeah. been doing for it to be, you know, providing for you as well. But sure. I, I think that's an incredible growth space and probably... I've never done that intentionally though. Like, yeah, you're all, I'm always going to do that with like close friends. Like, sure. Of course. I'm, I'm, but I'm saying like, Hey, I want you to like be happy. Like, yeah. would this make you happy? Like, I think it might, like you're saying it would, totally. like, why, why don't you go do it? Come on, go do it. Yeah. Um, but, but, but to I mean, do that you, more intentionally and, and bigger, totally. it's different. Yeah. Yeah. But you're doing it right now with, you know, the, yeah. the person who's in your office today, like you're doing that. Right. That's, yeah, that's for the sure. same kind of. Same kind of guidance, same kind of help. Um, yeah, and in that, in that, that's a, an example of a scenario where I stand to make money. That's true. So, like, I like on his, on the deals that come through his YouTube channel that I help him build, uh, that I help him build. Yeah. Like, I can make a referral on those. Like, there's there's ways that it could be very favorable for both sides. Totally, totally. But I'm I'm now at a point where some people look at me like I have some expertise in this. You know. Hmm. Because I have this kind of stack of proof. Do you ever feel that and feel surprised by that? It's been two years since you've been a YouTube creator. Yeah, yeah. I feel super surprised by that because <laughs> I have a lot of other job experiences. Yeah. This is my 30th job, maybe wow. 31st. Yeah. I've also been to 30 countries. Wow. I've done, I've done quite a few things. Yeah. And for I'll be 33 in a week. And I... If I were, if I needed to get a job today, mm-hmm. this is all I would talk about. It's what yeah. I've done in the past two years. Yeah, that's kind of interesting to me. That's really fascinating. Wow. Even if I if I meet someone, like this is all I talk about. Mm-hmm. Now, if we some country comes up, I might tell a story of that food I ate in Jordan that changed my life a little bit. Sure. But other than that, like this is the thing, and that yeah, that is kind of surprising. But that just shows you like what focus gives you like the experience that focus gives you and this is probably the most freedom you've experienced in a job like you control so many of the levers in this space now you've created so much freedom for yourself to play and create and ideate and quit yeah and 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 that's been my priority the whole time is to have like freedom and control and some of that me like satisfying my control freak tendency a little bit um but a lot of people, they sacrifice that freedom to get money because they think freedom, they, they think the freedom is gained by the money. Yeah. But like, what if it's just now? Like, what if, what if you just have the freedom now and you need just like a little bit of money? Like, what if you change the equation a little bit? Yeah. And at least just question it because so, so often like people sacrifice the thing that they want ultimately to get to like yeah. do the work to get the thing eventually. Totally. I think the uh, it's an oversimplification, but the retirement, the classic like retirement construct is is that. It's like yeah, all this sacrifice for this perception of freedom, but then you get there and I would imagine in some cases that's probably euphoric for a while and then I I wonder I wonder how it feels year 2 of retirement and 
Yeah. Things have changed so much and like you no longer have the purpose or the drive of the job that you were in. And, you know, you have unlimited freedom, but not in your youth, not when your kids are young. Like, yeah. That, that feels risky to me. That feels like a really big risk. Yeah. Okay. Two things I want to say. I want to talk about this thing that Alex Hormozzi says, and then I want to talk about the parable of the fisherman. Okay. So this thing that Hormozzi says, he, he talks about the frame of the veteran. He says, and I think that's the, the one I'm thinking of, but he, the idea is whenever I'm old, I will only wish that I was young. Yeah. Like whenever I'm 60, I'll just wish that I was 32 again. Whenever my kids are graduating college, I'll just wish that they were not sleeping and toddlers. Mm. Like, so like using that as a motivation to be present and to enjoy right now. Yeah. And to like feel like, oh, I'm, I'm where I want to be right now. Yeah. And those, those like frames, how we reframe our thoughts is just like how we feel everything and how we like explain everything in our lives. Yeah. I think that's really healthy. Are you familiar with the parable of the fisherman? I don't think so. So it's this, this business parable and I'm going to do a very like butchered abbreviated version. Okay. But this guy sees this, he's on a trip and he sees this guy fishing and he sees this guy's catching a bunch of fish and he seems like he's enjoying it. So he goes over and starts talking to him. He says, Hey, wow, you're doing really great. And he's like, Oh yeah, I come out here all the time. And he's like, you know, you could turn this into a business. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. He's like, I, I enjoy just fishing, you know, every evening a little bit. And then, you know, I go home and have dinner with my wife and Michael have a, a, a drink with my buddies. Then I, you know, just go about my day next day. And he's like, no, no, you could like, you could make good money doing this. Like you're really skilled. And he's like, okay, so what, what, what would my steps be? And he's like, well, first we'd, you know, we'd, we'd find some distribution. Then we'd, you know, hire some more fishermen. Then you'd, you'd train them. Then like, event, like build this up and, and scale and, and then he's like, and then what? And he's like, and, and then you could retire. And he's like, okay, what, what, what would I do then? Like, what happens after that? He's like, then you could just like fish and, and just have dinner with your wife and have drinks with your buddies. Yeah. And the fisherman just kind of like shakes his head and like turns around and keeps fishing. Yeah. It's like, no, no, I have that now. Like, yeah. why would I want to do, well, why would I want to sacrifice this to just get it eventually? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's, I would encourage anybody to look up like a long version of that. Cause like sure. the, a lengthy version, like with a good storyteller is like a really fun story. Yeah. Hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about like the moments that felt like moments to me. Okay. Like when I was building the YouTube channel, when I was getting started in real estate, like just some key moments where I felt like, oh, this is, this is working or like, this is. This mm. is becoming something I like or yeah. um, even just moments when I learned like little business lessons and big business lessons, really. But I wanted to start, we kind of hit, hit on it a little bit already when I f first started getting like views. Yeah. When it's like, okay, I've, I was super intentional about this. I did all this research, learned to do this thing. Very, I feel like I have 10% competency but I know that I'm making things that people are actually looking for. I was more confident in like the title than I was in the presentation. Yeah. And then people just started watching. And I remember that first video, like when it had a couple views and me just feeling like 
two videos a week. I got to do three videos a week and just feeling like <laughs> I just burned through my backlog of videos and just had to like shoot more mm-hmm. because it was so exciting. And it was, I just prepared and I spent longer than I wish preparing three months, like really like practicing working on this before I published a video. Yeah. And people liked it. People watched it. I don't mm. know if they liked it, but they watched it. And that yeah. was the first goal. And that that felt like such a unique moment. But then another first was like those first reach outs, that first client, yeah, the first closing. And that mm. first closing, it's also the kind of the first reach out that really felt like a client. They were in town. They called and said, hey, my wife just got offered a job at this hospital. We're going to move here in a couple months. Mm. And... Um, wondered if you could help us. We saw your videos. Yeah. Based on your videos, we're interested in this area. Like, okay. Like, and you know, I just like pretended like I was super busy. Like, yeah, I could probably meet you this weekend. Like, uh, you know, let me see, check the calendar. Sure. Um, let's meet at, let's meet at an open house just to make it easier for everybody. Let's meet at this open house mm-hmm. and we'll go see it, go to a couple other open houses together. Got a feel for them, Henry and Nancy. And, they were from Ghana originally, but they were in the military and both in the Air Force and mm. super interesting. They hardly cared that I had been to Ghana before. Um, <laughs> they're like, okay. <laughs> they're like, us too. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, then at the third open house, we sat down by the pool in the backyard and they're like, okay, like you're our guy. Like, what do we need to do next? And it, it just struck me like... I was like working so hard, I felt like to win their business. And they're like, okay, you got it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. They just didn't really care that much. They're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's so much. I think that's something that I don't think about that often, but it's so much energy to vet someone that you really, all you want to do is trust them to Uh like do this big thing that you don't understand that feels like a... It's, it's obviously a necessary life move, but if you've got somebody like, that's why, I mean, we talk about having a guy for this thing, you know, like old men, yeah. they always have a guy for something. And that's just, right. they've established trust. That trust has been proven. And then yeah. they don't have to worry about that anymore. It's a huge stressor taken, taken off. Anyway, my, my neighbors that are old guys ask me who my guy is for stuff though. So. Well, cause you're the guy guy. You're, you're, yeah. my, you're my I'm guy. I'm the broker of people. Yeah. Uh, maybe don't but, brand yourself that way. Well, he, <laughs> the broker yeah. of connections. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, it was really interesting. Like those first couple things. And even I, I told them like when we went to go, go close on their house, like this is my first closing from YouTube. Like that's so, I'm so excited. And, and he was like, why aren't you filming it? He's like, you need to be making a video about this. That's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, I yeah, maybe he's like, well, you, you can, you can come by anytime and make a video about it. That's awesome. Super interesting. But yeah, that that was one moment, those kind of firsts that really like stood out to me while they were yeah. happening, not just in retrospect, but like while they were happening. Sure. Another one that happens all the time is other brokers or realtors like saying, I wish I would have thought of that. Hmm. Hmm. And so this happened to me at the gym the other day. I might I go to the gym with a couple other realtors. So it's like a private gym. And they're like, yeah, telling your story of moving to Tampa, like that's crazy. Like I, I of course that that would sell people. Like I wish I would have thought of that. Yeah, and it's like I, I don't feel like it's that unique or special or anything. I'm just mm-hmm. literally telling exactly what's happening. Like literally just yeah. being honest and asking for business. Like that's it. Yeah, 
Hmm. I have, I have this ability though, to kind of talk about things like they're unspectacular, you know, Mm -hmm. unimpressive because I'm not impressed. Yeah. But it's like, it's kind of like running a marathon. It's like, yeah, you write it down on paper. You keep running for 26.2 miles. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But actually doing it is a whole different thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my coaches gets onto me for that. It's like, you're, you're oversimplifying it. Mm-hmm. Just because in retrospect, it seems like, yeah, of course it was that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good to, I think that's really good to remember because a lot of the people that you're speaking to are at the beginning of that journey. And yeah. I think the one of the biggest values for listening to someone who's just been through that is that the pain and the difficulty is still fresh. So if you're re-narrating yeah. away from difficulty too soon, it's it loses a lot of its helpfulness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I yeah, think I that's important. That. Um, okay, wh- the next moment. Yeah. I, I brought on another agent, a buyer's agent, to help mm-hmm. me. And I met this guy through my YouTube channel. He and his wife were thinking about moving down here. Yeah. And just by talking to him, I thought... Hmm. I think he'd be pretty good at real estate. Hmm. And it it was based on the things he was doing and some of his history. So he was a competitive runner in college Mm -hmm. and he was currently like working at a store that sold mattresses, doing a little bit of sales, but he was also flipping shoes on the side. Yeah. And he was flipping running shoes. He was buying shoes at Goodwill and then selling them on eBay. Interesting. Which I didn't realize was such a big thing. I didn't either. But they had made like 30 grand on their shoe hustle that year. What? Yeah. So maybe you should do that. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, he has a whole system of how to do it in Colorado Springs. Wild. But um, based on that, I was like, hey, Ben, I think you'd be good at real estate. Like, why don't you get your license? And his wife was like, really? Like, yeah, Ben, you should do it. And I was like, I just kind of left it at that. He called me a couple weeks later. He's like, okay, I'm going to get my license. We're going to move down there. I'm like, okay, great. A couple weeks later, it's like, okay, I passed the test. We're moving in a month. Okay, great. When you get here, you need to find your own leads at first. Yeah. That's what I told him. Like, yeah. You can't just like have my clients all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. You've never done this. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. And he did. He got a couple of deals under contract just by like buying leads somewhere. Yep. And he was motivated, had the purpose of, you know, getting food on the table. Yeah. Then I assigned him one of my deals. And I remember when it closed, it was like the week before my son was born. And mm-hmm. a lot of the message like to the buyer was like, hey, we're about to have another baby. Like, you don't want me involved in this. I'm going to be super distracted. Like, Ben's going to take great care of you. I'll be like hands-on. Like, I'm still like an agent on the deal. Like, yeah. I'm still here to take care of you. Andy was like, yeah, no problem. So we found him this deal. And in the beginning of my channel, the the average purchase price was like three to 400. Mm-hmm. This one closed for 600,000. So it was the biggest deal I'd ever done, and I didn't do it. Hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, this this is what scaling looks like. Yeah. So I made the commission of a $300,000 house if I would have done it by myself. Yeah. But all I did was answer one phone call. I mean, I made a bunch of videos, but all I really did was answer one phone call. Sure. And then, like, anytime th- something came up with Ben, I kind of helped him t- talk him through it. Hmm. That's incredible. But that that lesson of, like, oh, scaling yeah. can really work. Yeah really like kind of blew my mind. That's exciting, man. And it was fun to like learn that in real time. Hmm. I just remember like seeing it like, oh, this is different. Were there any moments 
like special moments in your memory of this that weren't this positive? Like any negative mm. moments? Gosh, I feel like I see the past so like rosy. Hmm. I mean, it was hard. Like the whole thing was hard. Yeah. There was plenty of balls that I dropped. You know what I yeah. mean? That's probably the hardest part for me is like these people wanted my help and then I just like screwed it up. Because hmm. people like come in when they call, they come, they come in as clients, not really as leads. Yeah. So they're like, hey, will you help me? All you have to do is not screw it up. Yeah. Since I had never done it, I screwed it up quite a bit. Yeah. Sometimes that was salvageable. Sometimes it wasn't. Hmm. And I left a lot of immediate money on the table mm -hmm. just to like let myself keep building the thing that I was enjoying building. Hmm. But I I was kind of okay with that. Yeah. Even looking back, like that's a cost I'm okay with. Like I don't really care. Yeah. Even now, even now I leave money on the table, short-term money mm -hmm. to build long-term things. Yeah. Knowing the difference between those two and moving past uh, the emotions of those small defeats, like failing somebody is probably significant for somebody starting out. It probably feels a lot bigger than, than it is now for you in retrospect. Yeah. But what, are there any other wins, any other clear moments where you're like, this is going to work. This is, I'm crushing it. Yeah. The, the biggest deal I closed, well, we had a couple of big deals right around a million last year. And one of those I did myself, it was 975. And the buyer was super easy to work with. Yeah. Had a huge down payment. Like knew what he wanted, wanted a big house with a pool on mm -hmm. a big lot. He kind of found the house himself before he even visited and it worked out fine. And I remember being there for the inspection. It was a huge house, so the inspection took a while. I was there with him and I just asked him, like, say, hey, Eric, like, you you called, obviously, like, you like the videos, but, like, what, what what other videos do you think I should make? And I was kind of in a slump where I felt like it was hard for me to think of video topics. Hmm. And that happens about every 40 videos. I hit a stretch where I'm like, I have no idea what to talk about. Okay. And Eric told me, he's like, Sam, like, you didn't even have a video about the area I was interested in. He's like, it didn't matter. He's like, I... I called you because I liked you. Hmm. And he was so clear about that. I was like, so you think I should make videos about this area? And he was like, Sam, you're missing it. He's like, just be yourself. Hmm. He's like, that's it. Yeah. He's like, if you want buyers that are easy, like me, yeah. just be yourself. Be easy. Hmm. That's great. That's great. We were like flying the drone around his house during the inspection just to kind of like give him a couple of clips. Mm -hmm. He wanted them to post on his Facebook. Cool. And then I bought him a drone for his closing gift. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a good move. He's been like so scared he's going to crash it. He probably will. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We all have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I crashed one in the middle of Rome. I crashed one flying in an indoor space, which is a bad idea. We crashed one in the Peruvian Andes into a cactus, a hillside of cactus. Oh, yeah. And it Eric was, climbed up there to get it. Yeah. Well, we, we gave it up for lost. And then some, some native folks like walking on the road were like, like couldn't speak English. And we're like, do you guys hear that? Like translated you through hear us. Beeping? They're like, do you hear like a weird beeping? We're like, oh my God. And they found <laughs> it. That's funny. Yeah. 
but yeah, him, Eric really impressing on me that like, it's, it's not about the info, like the mm -hmm. info, like got me to watch your first video. Yeah. But like, you were the one that like made me stick around. Yeah. It's that. And then since then I've like documented more of like what I communicate, hmm. not just hard communicate, but soft communicate in videos. Yeah. Hard and soft is probably not the, not the right way to say that. Um, I'm thinking of hard skills and soft skills. Sure. Um, Im implicit or explicit, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's better. Implicit or explicit. So implicit, what I'm showing is that I can be trusted, mm -hmm. that I have my client's best interest in mind, Yeah. and that we close deals. Not that we're like the best. We don't want to brag, but like we do actually get deals done. People are reaching out to us. We help them. They're happy. Yeah. So then I would now I, I'm very I'm much more conscious about like how I do that. Hmm. So in a video, I'm going to say like, you know, Eric reached out. He decided on this area out in Waimama. We, we looked at some places on the water that weren't a great fit. And then we just he decided on this place that's on this lake and he's super happy. And then I might tell a story of like, you know, there was a leak in the roof that we had to negotiate and the seller was super yeah. unhappy because they had to do this big repair on a clay roof at the last minute. But so I, I might say all those things in this video. Yep. And it's 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 showing all of those implicit values that I want people to see. That's perfect. And and it's in a narrative form. It's not like a bullet pointed list. It's like exactly. It's always in a story. Yeah, it's always in a story. And, and then, then people they're... when they call me, they reference those stories. Yeah. That's huge. Huh. They they say that story you told about Matt and that new construction deal. I want to find a place like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now the people that I'm coaching, I feel like they get to start from where I am. Yeah. Let's define those implicit things from the jump. Yeah. And like help you put these in your stories from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's a lot pretty of exciting. Those, that's really exciting. And a lot of those will be shared, but a lot of the core value will be different based on the person that you're coaching. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them will be the same. Some of them will be a mm -hmm. little different. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. That is really fun. Hmm. That's great. So, so that's kind of how it started, and here I am now. Yeah. One of my coaches tells me I need to talk more about, like, my actual production numbers. Okay. So, like, like how many houses we've sold, yeah. like, how much commission we've made. Yeah. I, In general, I don't like talking about that, and it's what? kind of for the reason we talked about before. It feels unimpressive. Hmm. hmm. It feels like I'm bragging about something small. But if you're talking to maybe to maybe to a client that tracks, but if you're talking to other people who are wanting to do what you're doing, it's really helpful and it, it's really encouraging. And I think in that sense, it's pretty applicable. Like what you shared, maybe it was on social the other day about growth for yourself that you've seen yeah. um, in, in the two years that you've been doing this and then what? the third year is starting to look like mm -hmm. really exciting. Yeah. That was like challenging for me to share. Yeah. I think you should. I think the way that you're sharing it is important. And yeah. I think the fact that you keep pointing back at this like platform and this mode of storytelling, this way of communicating saying like all of this, I mean, obviously it's, a ton of education, a ton of work on your part, but it was possible because of this platform. It would have been really yeah. difficult without the reach of this platform and the way that this community functions. So I think in that sense, it's 
I, I think it's really helpful. I think you should talk about it more. Yeah. And, and like some of the people ahead of me that started before me. Yeah. That also have more real estate experience, more life experience. I even want to like qualify why they did, why they closed more deals than me from their YouTube channel. Hmm. But they closed 140 deals last year, and we closed 25 deals. Like, but how many people do they have under them at this point that they're counting? You know, like none, none. No, that's all. That's that's production from their YouTube channel. Okay, but I mean, they're sending that to. They're, they have they have a couple agents, but they do most of them themselves. Wow, wow. Okay, it's yeah, it's genuinely impressive to me. Right. I'd be so interested in the input hours fr- yeah. from them versus you. Oh, yeah. Mine's like half. Yeah. yeah. And that's like one reason they want me to share all that stuff too. It's like, Sam, like a lot of people probably want to build a business more like yours than like ours. Yeah. Because they want to work 35 hours a week and not 70 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what you're doing. You're saying like the guys that are closing yeah. 140 deals a year are working 70 hours a week probably. Yeah. Still, and you're working. Right. You're working less and less year by year. It seems like. Yeah, yeah. I work quite a bit at night now. Like once everybody goes to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just telling this guy here with me earlier. Like, I don't. I, it's been years since I've watched a movie. Hmm. I just don't have an interest in that. Like, I'd rather like get a couple things done. Yeah. You know, maybe read a little bit, journal a little bit, go to bed. Mm-hmm. So just kind of a different stretch of life, different kind of yeah. hustle, hustle that I'm in. <laughs> I know how much you love that. Oh, I, I don't, I don't love it. Um, that's great. This is fun. Is there anything else that we should touch on? Is there anything else we should touch on? I. Hmm. It's still hard for me to quiet the opinions of others in my head. Hmm. Now, I mean, the YouTube stuff feels like it's proof. It's proof that I I built that thing that it works. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of that. When it comes to me like talking on other platforms, like it's still conscious for me to to like not let someone else's voice influence like whether I do something or say something. Say more about that. Do you mean like, do you feel self-conscious being a quote unquote expert if somebody brings you onto their platform to speak to the thing that you're doing quite well, but not for, you know, you haven't been doing it for that long? No, more like if I, if I talk about how many deals we've closed, Mm -hmm. I like there's very specific people in my life that I imagine saying like saying something negative in response to that, saying something critical in response to that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Is that speci- even like a good friend? So we'll talk about him by name, Jake. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I like posted some like question on my um, Instagram story. Yeah. And it was like, I kind of, and my coach pushes me to put, th- put these questions out there. Yeah. And I was, it was about quitting. Like quitting things has like been like the best thing in my life. Like, what do you need to quit? Yeah. And he wrote a message that said you. <laughs> and at first I'm like, come on, man. Like, uh, I'm like really trying here. <laughs> then a few days later, he's like, 
hey, are you familiar with TikTok? Like, I'm I'm trying to like help this person sell this book, and like, yeah. is that the way to do it? So he still is like coming to me, yeah, like for help. Uh-huh. So it, it, which kind of like helps soften the other thing, but still the first thing kind of stings. My guess is that however that joke was formulated in his mind, because I'm almost certain that that was yeah. only intended as a joke. Oh, I know. But it's still like, it because was, I come, I'm coming, like it feels vulnerable totally, in the first place. Totally. Anything that's like directly negative or confusing and you narrate yeah. as negative yeah, yeah. is, is, yeah, it's a risk when you're reaching out into a vulnerable space. Yeah. Hmm. That's so interesting. I bet if you actually asked him about that, and I mean, there's going to be negative people in our lives. That's, I know, and that's, he's, that's, he's that not exists. one of and them. And he's not one of them, but I'm yeah. sure if you asked him, like he would he would be confused that that was taken negatively. But that that is really interesting. So what do you do? How are you thinking about it now, and how do you want to deal with that in the future? Because now it seems like something that you're, that's still something that you're wrestling with, that you feel some tension and like the weight of it, like it's risky. Yeah. I posted this um, quote on my Instagram story from James Clear. James Clear, author of Atomic Habits. I read this this morning. It's so good. He said, many people won't. Many people won't attempt something unless they can find an example of someone else who is already doing it. Rely on this type of thinking too much and you'll never do anything interesting. Your path through life is unique. It is important to extract lessons from the experiences of others, but you can't wait for a perfect example to take action. You are the example. And I think just kind of pushing myself to be the example. Yeah. To try things, to do it in public, to... Be, be the one that's risking it yeah. so that other people will try. Like, that's what I want. I want them to try. Yeah. And I don't want them to try the same thing. I want them to try whatever they want to try. Yeah. I, I think that's such a good summary of that reality. It's yeah. scary to move into unexplored territory. Right. But if you wait for somebody to build the model for you, you're probably too late to the space. Exactly. So even people and it's that are... O- it, it, it's okay to be late too. Like yeah. there's still a place for you. Totally, totally. But if you're if you're waiting for the perfect example to start, yeah. then you're like 10 years behind. If you would have asked me two years ago or two and a half years ago before you'd started this, um, if YouTube was like a good space to build in, I would have said, I'm too late. I'm pretty sure I'm... Exactly, yeah. I'm like, I'm a decade late on this almost. Yeah. And... And even today, like I could start a channel today and I think it would still be worth it on YouTube. The Yeah, the biggest YouTubers would say the same thing. It's, but that's the thing that, uh, I mean, that's, not every space is that way. Like, yeah, stock trading, like, what do they say? Like, trade the rumor or buy the rumor, sell the news. Like if you're, yeah, yeah. if you're always like making decisions in that fast moving economy based off of the news that you're hearing, like, yeah, that's, it's not a great way to, to be, but for this platform and a lot of other places in life, you just have to start 
and you don't want to be a carbon copy of the person you're following. But if you bring in enough you influences, yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. That's totally okay. Yeah. I had a buddy in college that sounded like he loved Switchfoot so much, and everything he learned was a Switchfoot song. And yeah. any other song he played, he just sounded like a clone of John Foreman in a in an annoying way for a while. But eventually, like that's how he found his own voice. And he yeah. added in other influences and eventually it became something unique and rich and like true to who he had become. Yeah. And people copy me all the time. And that's awesome. Like, yeah. So somebody commented the, the other day is like, Hey, somebody stole your channel name and they're yeah. using all caps in their thumbnails. Yeah. yeah. And somebody else commented and said, that's what, what, that's not right. And then they commented again, like, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. I jumped in. I'm like, <laughs> Guys, that's okay. just how it is on YouTube. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Like, no big deal. Like, thanks such, for watching. Thanks for commenting. There's such a good Colin and Samir episode with Austin Cleon about this that I Oh, it's won't, so good. I won't attempt at summarizing, but if if you're listening to this, you should go and watch it. It's It speaks really beautifully, I think, to, yeah. Yeah, to theft and artistry. I'll link in the, in the description. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that's something that I'm okay with people doing, too. Like, yeah, copy me. Like either you're either it's going to be obvious that you're copying me or yeah. you're going to develop your own voice and you're just using me to find it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Even even if you're my competitor, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because you're not me. <laughs> totally. And I'm the product. That's the th- that's the thing with this kind of marketing is I'm the product. And yeah. I was even explaining this to a broker yesterday like we go after buyer clients and most agents don't like buyer clients. They want listings. But the problem with a listing is you're like, hey, I have this one gold nugget. Do you want to buy it? Mm. With a buyer, you're like, hey, these are all the precious metals. Which one do you think you like? Yeah. Let's go, let's go look at a few. Let's find a different one. Like you can change your mind. Like so huh. like I'm the product. The the precious metal is not the product. Hmm. And so it just changes the relationship, changes the equation. And that's why this kind of marketing works really well for buyers. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I I have one or two more questions before we wrap up, but talk to me a little bit about habits Yeah. and consistency. Sure. I, I want to start like documenting the things I do in, in, consistently every day. Yeah. Because... We all do things very consistently, yep. whether those are habits that we want or habits that we don't want. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to challenge myself this next week to to document like everything I do because I know that there's just habits in there. And then I want to like evaluate, do I want these habits or are they serving me or are they not serving me? Yeah. And that's another James Clear quote that I put here in our notes that the most important habit is choosing the right habit to work on. That's great. And like actually like being intentional about I'm going to work on building this habit that is serving me in these ways. Like digging a little bit deeper, which Austin Kleon talks about in the interview too, like digging a little bit deeper of like, does it serve me? How does it serve me? Yeah. Why does it serve me? How long will it serve me? Yeah. Does it, does it help me serve others? Like, like letting it, letting, digging into the, the actual habit and like the byproduct of, product of it more. Yep. I think is really valuable. I think the habit starting to do that after action report at night yeah. that you've talked yeah, about yeah. has already is is already a great habit 
that I'm building. Like yeah. it's changed the way that I lived yesterday. It changed the way that I built a to-do list for today. Sure. It's so simple and it's already like structurally really significant to me. Yeah. So what are the questions that we're, we're doing in that? Um, I've got them. Oh, I have them written on a different I can device. Yeah. So it's what happened, what was supposed to happen. Yeah. What went well and how can we maintain that level? Yeah. And then what didn't go well and how can we improve that? Can I tell you something? So what's so interesting to me right off the jump is the what went well question and how can yeah. we, I always, uh, this has happened three nights so far, so always yeah. is a leap, but I always write the thing that went well and then sort of apologize for it or contextualize oh, wow. it with how I failed before that bullet point is even there. So I'm like, yeah. So what I've had to do is go up and copy and paste that lower because I talk about the failure in the same sentence already as like the success. So even just separating those so I can look at the success clearly and cleanly is like yeah. stupidly simple and like feels transformative. That's interesting. I feel like I get to the last question and I'm like, no, everything went good. <laughs> a big, I think a big realization for me is, and I've written it twice so far is you still either have to get faster or yeah. lose some things off of this to-do list. You're putting too yeah, many yeah. things consistently on this to-do list and you need to either develop a good triage muscle mm -hmm. for finding what's important to do in a day or you got to pick up the pace. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think it kind of sh just shows our personalities too. Like my personality always re-narrates to it's good. Mm. Just like the, the natural optimist in me. Yeah. And yours doesn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think I'm naturally an optimist. <laughs> my wife told me one time I was just, she, she was stressed about something. I'm like, it's going to be fine. And, and it and to her credit, it, it was something I had no knowledge of. I'm just like being optimistic because huh. it's how I am. And she's like snapped back. She's like, that is my least favorite thing about you. Oh, oh. And what she was saying is like, you're optimistic even when you don't know. And I'm like, it's just how I am. Like, yeah, it's, it's usually fine. So why wouldn't I think it's going to be fine this time? Yeah. Which That's is more my mindset, which is it's always fine. <laughs> sure. Except for like 1% of the time. So it's going to be fine. That's probably a trait that serves you really, really well, except in those situations where somebody is like, I just need you to empathize with me I know. and, and I'm my just like feeling of it not being Disqualifying what they're feeling. Uh-huh. That's tough. I'm like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and they're like, but I'm worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Another thing I put on my Instagram story, um, this is a quote for myself. Boring and consistent is way harder than exciting and ever changing. Hmm. And I think, I think I would even add a layer to that. Like boring and consistent is more inspiring than exciting and ever changing. And given enough time, it becomes yeah. so inspiring and so exciting. Exactly. It's the stack of wins at every moment. Yeah. You know, Jocko Willick, you know, he's a big public figure, former Navy SEAL. And he posted a picture on Instagram every day of his watch, the time he gets up, and then like a picture of like just something black and chalky or sweaty during his workout. Uh -huh. It's usually pretty ambiguous. 
And I've heard people say that like, oh yeah, don't follow him on Instagram because you'll just feel bad about what you didn't do. Mm. Hmm. But he's just being super consistent and just actually showing what he's doing. Yeah. And he's probably hoping that it will inspire somebody else to get up, to like invest in themselves, to, to like go for anything. Totally. But there's this cultural pushback yeah. of like, no, I don't want to feel like bad about what I'm doing. Right. I, I I've want... heard multiple. I've heard multiple people say like they're uncomfortable with how they feel when they see that, so they recommend not following it because <laughs> they don't want to be made to feel bad about their lack of yeah. achievement or lack of consistency. Right. Yeah. But he's like a great example of like boring and consistent. Totally. Totally. And has seen a great deal of success due Absolutely. in large part to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think being well, able... Patrick, to, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I think no, being no, no. able to look at people that are that consistent in such a specific way and like give, yeah. give yourself the permission to, to join them for part of that journey because there's other things that you want to be as well. Because you're yeah. not trying to be a carbon copy of Jocko or Sam mm -hmm. or, or whoever is out there presenting something that is desirable that you want for your life. Like understanding yeah. the root desire and sort of like building yourself a menu of things that you want to build towards. Yeah. And then being consistent with those in that measure, I think is important just to give yourself permission to not, to not feel the pressure of being Jocko, but like join him in that consistency like pop in on his journey whenever yeah, you need to. Yeah, I think to. so too. Yeah. Yeah. And if any of you missed the previous episode interview I did with our friend Drew, Drew McCalman, I think this starts at defining success. And success is different for all of us. Like yeah. what we actually are trying to achieve is different for all of us. And Drew and I kind of worked through his definition of what that looks like for him. And I think anybody that'll be linked everywhere around this thing in the video on YouTube and in, in the description everywhere else. Like, I think you should check that out and hear how we kind of explored that topic of how to define success when you haven't actually taken the, the time to go back and define it. Yeah. And if you haven't, I just encourage you to go back and define it. Hmm. That's great. Thank you for joining us for the Unemployable Podcast. Bye. <laughs> I want to have that like smartless bye <laughs> just because I like them so much. <laughs>